Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the fact that you fight for us and that you invite us to join in this battle as we pray, as we work, as we trust, as we live. Thank you for the year the youth group has had. Thank you, God, for this theme of prayer that we meditate on together. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. In his teaching on prayer, Jesus concludes in Luke chapter 11 with these words. He says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Rod, I'm not sure who, uh, who came up with the theme of prayer. Where are you, Rod? You're right there. How, who, how did you decide on this theme this year? You did. Wow. Fantastic. Prayer. You know, they got the flowing here going in the big chest, you know, but you got the prayer, prayer thing going right here. Just you and the Lord, nothing in between. Yeah. In, in a way, it, it, it's almost inappropriate to do a message on prayer, uh, but I'm going to do one nonetheless. And the reason I say that is because, as one of the old hymns says, is prayer is like a, our native breath language. I'm just curious, how many of you kids, when you got up this morning, went to your mom or your dad or maybe even a grandparent and said, oh, would you remind me how to breathe again? Did you, did you, no. You just, you woke up, breathe, you, went to, you went to bed breathing, right? And you breathe through the night, and you woke up breathing, and you're still breathing now. And it's one of those, if we say, involuntary things that our bodies just naturally do. My friends, that is how prayer is to be for us. And yet, you know, Jesus knows us and knows that while the healthy soul praise, there's a lot of unhealthiness about us. In fact, before one becomes born again by the Spirit, there is no prayer. There are only thoughts. I love it when, um, I don't say I love it, but you know, when, when something happens on a, on a, in the sporting world, if there's an injury to a key player or something, or if something, if it's a, sh a mass shooting, we hear our secular media announcers say, our thoughts and our prayers are with you, right? Our thoughts are with you. Well, how much good does it do you to have Lester Holtz from NBC's thoughts with you? It's not huge, but he's thinking about you. 
Or is it they think that, well, I am, I am, um, I'm, I'm passing on energy to you. I had somebody say that to me in a store recently. I'm, I wish you, I, I'm giving you energy. And I thought, okay, how are you going to do this? I, I don't have a socket. <laughs> I, no, I know the, the intention is good, right? They want to do something helpful. But when you don't really know God, you're kind of limited as what you can do. It's just my thoughts. Or the worst to me is when somebody dies. And they say, well, he or she will live on in our thoughts, our memories. Okay, when I die, or when you die, is that how you want it to happen? That the only way that you exist is in the thoughts and memories of others? What happens if they forget about you? Do you cease to exist? Prayer. I think it's a, a, not just an important thing. It might even be argued it's the only thing. And our spiritual forefathers, uh, a professor named Ursinus and a pastor named Olivianus. Don't ever name your children these names. But that was the professor and the pastor that Prince Frederick asked, were asked to write a catechism, a teaching. Because at the time of the Reformation, the gospel was going out like wildfire and there was persecution and trouble and they wanted to bring peace. They said, what is this gospel anyway about Jesus? About God the Father and God the Son? What did he actually do? And then when Ursinus and Livianus started writing this after the sin section, the service, the salvation section, they said, okay, how shall we describe what it is that Christians need to do? And when these two guys got together, I believe that there was another person with them, and that was namely the Holy Spirit. And here's what they wrote. They said, why do Christians need to pray? Hmm, Why? They said this, because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness that God requires of us. Now think about it. As important as breathing is to our natural bodies to stay alive, so is prayer. Now we had some nice Nice prayers offered today. Thank you for those who offered those prayers. Beautiful. Maybe when you have a meal, someone says a prayer. I know in our household we prayed the Lord's Prayer every time we ate as, as kids. It's like, wow. I don't know how many times I heard that prayer. Or the famous nighttime prayer, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Or at lunch, Lord bless this food and drink. For Jesus' sake, amen. Now those are prayers. But when God gave us the gift of prayer, he had so much more in mind than just those, those important moments. You know that 
passage in 1 Thessalonians 4 when it says these two amazing words. It says to pray continually. What? How do you do that? Does that mean that you are to be constantly sending a barrage of words to God 24-7? Say, well, no, that's not really, that's not really possible. And I, does, does God really want that from me? Does he, does he really want me to be this chatty? No, we've come to understand that, that prayer is being aware and in the presence of our Lord Jesus through the Spirit all the time. How many of you are, have been married or are married? Raise your hand up high. Okay, all right. So let, let's just use marriage or maybe talk about a really close friend. How often do you talk? with each other just on Fridays just on the weekends no it's it's kind of all the time although think about it is one of you always talking <laughs> guys don't you dare No. Sometimes you are just together. There are no words, but the bond, the love, the companionship is always there. Like when a company tells you that they give you 24-7 service, does that mean that you're always talking to them and they're always emailing you? No, it means they're always available. I want to suggest to you that in the same way that we develop our relationships, close relationships, through conversation, speaking, listening, that's how prayer works. So Jesus is saying this, when you, when you think about who your heavenly father is, think along these lines. And he gives us these almost ridiculous illustrations. He says, which of you fathers, so dads, if your son, you got a little boy, says, dad, give me a fish. I'd like a fish to eat. And he goes, ha, I got an idea. Snake, here. <laughs> what? Well, we like to maybe pull pranks on our kids. This isn't what this is. This is like giving something dangerous. Or, Dad, how about an egg? Oh, I got something for you. I got a scorpion. Stingling, kill you. Absolutely not. He says, okay then. If you, and you battle with evil, because I know how sin has come into the human heart. It entered through Adam and Eve and has been passed on to every single one of us. And every single one of us is born with a, with a sinful nature that 
naturally hates God and hates others and just cares about self. That's how we started off. He says, you, even though you have evil, you know better than that. So, take away the evil and you have a perfect, loving Father. Wouldn't the natural thing be to pray? And because we are, are contingent beings, creatures in need of care and provision every day, all the time, he says, here's how I want you to use prayer. I want you to reach out to your God and ask. Ask him. Seek his blessings. Seek his gifts. Why? Because he is more eager to give than you are even to ask. When the guys in the catechism said, you know, as we pondered this, we think that everything begins with prayer. With talking with God. I mean, think about it. How does a person move from being lost in their sin to being saved and made right with God? What happens? How did that happen? With a prayer, right? Lord, I confess my sin. I need you. I need you more than I realize. Lord Jesus, I, I acknowledge you as my Savior and my Lord, and I claim what you did on the cross to be sufficient to pay for all my sins. It was prayer that moved you from one place into another. And that's just the start. In the same way that it, it started, it's supposed to keep building. And the prayer that God loves to hear from us is the prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, prayer. God, I thank you that I live in West Michigan, where the weather inspires me to pray. <laughs> I am not a mechanic, um, but every now and then I, I get out tools and do things to a car, only if I have to. And I had to this past week because I did, I did a stupid with my, I have a, this lovely Ford F-150 that my wife picked out a couple years ago. And I had the gas uh, opening on the wrong side. And the, the, the embarrassing part is I drove it around to make sure I had it on the right side. And I had a woman watching me and I was still on the wrong side. <laughs> I, yep, I'll, I'll, I'll. so I, I just, I was going to do a quick turnaround in a kind of a small space. And as I was going past the pump, making my right turn to do a sharp left, all of a sudden the right side of my truck rose up and stopped. Because what I did is I, I ran the, the, the running rail, the step rail, right up over this big metal semicircle thing in the concrete. And that didn't move. <laughs> do any of you own a vehicle that's precious to you? And I... I, didn't, I hardly dared get out of the truck to look to see what I had done. and Because and I, I, I couldn't back it up. I was stuck. 
I revved it up, finally got loose. And I thought, oh. Fortunately, all I had done was just take this nice straight rail and just kind of bend it up, but it didn't hit the body. So right away, I'm calling my son, who's a pastor, but he's, a, he's kind of a mechanic, too. Oh, well, Dad, we'll, we'll get home. We'll take a look at it. And then, anyway, all I had to do was take off about 500 bolts <laughs> and put them back on. But it was underneath, and I was on my back on the concrete. And every now and then, I, my head met something. And my prayer wasn't exactly thank you. But I was trying in that moment to picture God doing this with me. <laughs> I just kept going like, oh, Brian, you, you should have called for help, you know. <laughs> no, I can do this. And I, and I put those rails on with him. I'd love to say that my conversation was always righteous and holy and pleasing and thankful, and it wasn't. But, you know, I, I know that God loves me as I am, and he understands. And so I complained to him, like, really? Why can't the socket just stay on? Why does it have to keep falling off? And how come I have to do this with my, my sore shoulder, and I'm doing this left arm? And, you know, and, but the point is this. I got to change those rails. Eventually, I was successful, but I didn't do it alone. There with him. Like I said, it wasn't my most shining moment, <laughs> but I was with him at least. Prayer is the most important part of everything that you do. In other words, he's saying every part of your life God is interested in and wants to do it with you, wants to guide you, wants to lead you. Now, we heard uh, uh, when our brother uh, prayed, he listed many people with many different needs. And some of us are here this morning with those needs. We've been through those needs. And when, when life gets really hard and really dangerous, aren't you glad that you have a God you can call out to? I know what it's like to get a, get a call or make a call at 3 a.m., when all of a sudden life went south. And to have a lifeline, a prayer. And how blessed it is that there are Christians who are available even at those times to pray with you. It's the most important part. Of all of the skills, of all of the things that you will ever do in your Christian life, let your ability to talk to God and to listen to him. Be the thing that you're all about. Because here's what they also said. He says, why? Why do, we, why do we pray? Why do we do this? Why am I in this constant conversation, constant awareness that I'm with God? He says, they give these reasons. And there's more, but just these few. He says, because God gives his grace and Holy Spirit. Holy. Those are two different things. They're connected. What is grace in this case? Grace is everything that you need for every circumstance you ever face. And it's grace because it's a gift. You don't, it's the same, same word that's used to describe that amazing thing that God did for us in Jesus. Last time I checked, 
God didn't send his son to save us from our sins because we were so worthy. We were going to show him that we had faith or that we were going to really be worth the effort. No, the Bible even says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. That's grace. Everything that you're going to need for every question, every circumstance, physical energy, social energy, power from, the, from what God might want to give to you for a special reason. Everything that you need, he says he will give to you and then says he will give his Holy Spirit. And that's where I, I was, uh, th- there's something unique in the text that I read from Luke 11 verse 13. He says he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you believe that Jesus is Lord? Say amen. Amen. Okay. If you can say that, which you did, you can only say that by the Holy Spirit, according to the Scriptures, right? Only God can open up your eyes to see that Jesus is the Son of God, sent to save us from our sins, and that He is not just a nice guy. He is Lord, exalted above everyone else, our soon and coming King. So you have the Holy Spirit. But now, Ursinus and Liviana said, but you are to keep asking for the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's, he's present, but there's more of him. Someone said it's the, the Holy Spirit is like a pilot light in a stove. But there are some times when you need to ask for more gas to meet the challenge. We're invited by Jesus himself to ask over and over and over again. Lord, I have the Holy Spirit, but send him more into my life. Or as we've come to realize over time... I yield more of myself over to you. Because the thing that stands in the way of prayer, the number one thing that stands in the way of prayer is this awful thing called pride or self-reliance. I can do this. I got this. I don't need to pray. I occasionally misplace my mobile device. I hear I'm the only person that does that sort of thing. Or misplace keys. Or you misplaced a child, you know. <laughs> but that was on purpose, wasn't it? <laughs> what do you do when you have a moment like that? Where something isn't quite right. If you're like most people, you, you go fix it, right? I got this. I'll handle it. And then when you don't succeed, and you don't succeed... Then does the thought come to you, maybe I should pray about this. One of my spiritual heroes uh, growing up as a young adult was Reverend John DeVries. The Bible's for India, man, missions India. Everybody knows about John DeVries, right? Heard him speak maybe at some point. I'll never forget a sermon he did at my home church, Elder Park Christian Reformed Church, where he said, this is how... Prayer works, he says. It's like walking. And this is the illustration he gave. He says, we know how it goes. We first work. We give it our all. 
And then we ask God to bless it. We, we, then we pray. We work, and then we pray. We try, and then we trust. And then he said, no! That's all wrong! I said, what? No, hold it. That's how we all do it. We try, and then we pray. We try, and then we pray. He said, no. You always begin prayer. Now I work. Prayer. Now I work. God, I yield to you. I trust you. I'll look for your answers. And so I think that some of the times and God allows these, these uncomfortable things to come our way, whether they're self-inflicted or brought upon us by his sovereign plan, it's meant to bring us back to trust. Pray. And the beautiful thing that Jesus says is God is going to pour out these blessings. But then the writers get it even more accurately. They said, you know what? He is only going to do this to those who pray continually, not just your casual, how about some help, God? And groan inwardly. Now there's some heavy lifting. Oh. God, please, where are you right now? Help me. Show me. We've got, we can't do this on our own. We cry out to you. And how many times has God turned a deaf ear in those moments? Why pray? It's your lifeline. It is the means by which God connects everything that he has to give and for you and I to receive and to do so in a spirit of thanksgiving. Let us pray. You are a good, good father. And we thank you that all the battles that we face are never to be faced alone, but can be faced with trust in you. So, Lord, we, we want to open up our mouths and our hearts to speak with you, to have conversation with you, to do our days. Yes, to have our devotions, to do our prayers, healthy practices, but Lord, not just then. Throughout every part of every day, to be looking at, at, at daffodils and green grass and to hear rains falling and to feel the warmth of spring and to know where all these good gifts come from. They come from you. And to think about the people in our lives, to think about this church, and to say thank you. To remember the times of past when we have been even in the valley of the shadow of death. Even and especially then, you were with us. And so we say thank you. 
We have much work to do in this world. So many lost souls. So much human need. So much injustice. So much pain. Every single one of these invites us to call out to you who hears prayers and who answers even more than we can ask or imagine. So to you be the glory and the honor, both now and forever. Amen.